we have been going through a series called The Journey, and we're looking at the book of Romans, going through it week by week. And I don't know about you, but it has really revealed some very important things to me in the life of a Christian and understanding who we are as Christians and who we are in Christ. Remember last week we talked about there's a basis for justification, that we are justified. We found that out by what Christ has done for us. He made us right with God through what he's done on the cross. And I'm, I'm really uh, thankful, Alex, as we did that last song, talking about sweet Jesus and how he has, uh, you know, he draws us close and we can love on him and he loves us because I think a lot of times, even in our worship songs, there's a lot of God, but we don't magnify the name of Jesus. And so Jesus, without Jesus, we can't come to the Father. And the Bible is very adamant about that. Very adamant that it's the name of Jesus and only through his name that a man or a woman can be saved. And he justifies us. He makes us right with God. And there was a basis for justification. It, the Bible taught us that because of Adam's sin, Every man and every woman has been impacted by that. And we have been condemned because of what Adam did. And we, we kind of emphasize that it doesn't matter if we were in the garden, we would have done the same thing. Because man is prone to be tempted and to be sinful whenever we are tempted. So we, were, we have a sinful nature outside of Christ because of what Adam did. And we also... Um, have a, 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 we're bent toward living in the flesh and being pulled by the world and all these different things. But we found out that because of Jesus and because what he did by justifying us, that we have a new nature. And that new nature becomes bent toward the things of God. And we're not saved or we don't walk by the, by the law or by works. We are saved by grace through faith. And because of that, we're able to do the things that we could never do outside of God or outside of Christ. Amen? So today we're going to answer the question. It's a very important question that people ask. Well, since we have grace, can we continue to sin? Or when you preach grace, we're under grace so that we can sin. And the Bible is very adamant that because of grace, we don't want to sin. And we're empowered not to sin. We're able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what, where we're going right now because I want for us to understand, I, not me, I think God wants for us to understand that the only way that we're going to have victory in our lives is by walking in the grace of God. When you walk in the grace of God, you don't walk in condemnation. You don't walk in guilt. And you do walk in power. You walk in the power that is given to us from on high. And so that's what we're going to look at. So we're going to go to chapter 6 of Romans. I'm reading from the NIV. And we're going to read verses 1 through 14. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this first service. Thank you, Lord, that, um, first of all, we open up our hearts right now and we open up our minds for you to speak to us. We um, declare that your word is true, that your word is powerful, it can change lives. 
And, Lord, we open up our hearts to it so that you can speak your truth into it, into our lives, and that we can walk out of here growing in, in our victory that we have through Christ. We understand that we can't have victory outside of him. And so right now, we just uh, uh, de declare that you are God, and we are going to hone in on what you have for us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen. So it starts out by saying, what shall we say then? Okay, here's, here's the Apostle Paul. He's writing, the Holy Spirit's leading him. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? That's a question people will ask, right? If you're talking about grace, people are going to say we're going to continue to sin. Remember the last uh, uh, chapter he talked, when, when sin increases, grace increases. And so people can manipulate that scripture right there. They say, because uh, grace is going to increase, let us continue to sin. But that's not what the Bible's telling us. And we're going to see that right now. Verse 2, by no means... Exclamation point. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? That's important right there. We have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That helps us a little bit with baptism. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, and in, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So water baptism is very significant. Amen? For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Woo! So if we died with Christ and Christ was raised from the dead, he died three days in the tomb, but he was raised to a new life in a glorified body. The Bible says there's a lot of wonderful hope for us. Because there's a new life that comes with Jesus. And there's, there's hope that even if we do die, death isn't going to have the final word because God is going to raise the dead. That's the resurrection. For we know that our old self, that's the old nature, was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, we, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now that word count is an important word. That word means something that is real or true. When, when God said to, about Abraham that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness... The word count there means that it's real righteousness. It's true righteousness that God gave him. So we have to count ourselves 
dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Isn't that awesome? We have a choice whether we're going to obey sin or not obey sin. You have that choice every day. And guess what? We have the power to obey sin or not to obey sin. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we're able to overcome those things that are trying to get us down. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is something that every person has in this life. When you act on that temptation, it's sin. And because of the grace of God, we're able to, we're empowered to overcome those temptations by choosing to live in the power of Jesus. Therefore, Do not let sin, am I in verse 12? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves. You know, when when the Bible repeats a word, it's important. Offer, he said it twice. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, your eyes, your nose, your, 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 your legs to take you into sin, whatever it may be. Don't go there. Don't offer it as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. It tells us something that's very important. As long as you're under the law, sin will be your master because the law is not here to save us. The law is here to tell us that we can't keep it and that we need a savior. But if you're under grace, you, the, the sin will not be your master because you're empowered because you've received Jesus who died on the cross for every failure that we've done every failure that we can possibly do right now, and every failure that we will do in the future, how many of us failed this week? One, one honest person in the church. <laughs> Two. Now they're coming up. Yeah, all of us. We absolutely, positively need God. So there's three practical steps that I see here that will give us victory over sin. And they're, they're, they're very evident. They're very evident because he repeats these words. The first thing that will help us to overcome sin is for us to know, for us to have a knowledge of the things of God. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. Right? If you, do not, if you do not quicken, if you, don't, if you don't discern what's going on in your mind and in your head, if you don't begin to think things through, and you act before you think, am I dark over here? Because I feel really dark. I'm dark all the time anyways. We know that. But there we go. Look at that. Way to go, Janet. So think about it. If it boy, I'm really. Think about it. If we don't discern what's going on in our mind, you will act and do things that you might regret later on. And so right away when Paul is talking to 
the people about how they can get victory over sin in their life is he begins to tell them, you've got to know some things that are important to you. And the first thing that he wants for us to know is how relevant and how important baptism is in our lives. There's something that happens when you receive Christ and you are baptized that is so extraordinary that if you can grab a hold of it, it can begin to change your life progressively. And as you begin to walk out your walk, which is a big word called sanctification. We talked about justification before, right? You've been justified. Now we begin to be sanctified. How many of you heard, have ever heard that word sanctified? Good. You've been set apart. Now you begin your, your set apart life. You begin to walk with God. In the power of Jesus. And the things that we did before, we begin to not do anymore. The things that led us, the sinful things, you begin to get conviction that that, that is not the right thing to do. How many of us have had that? And God begins to pull us out of that. That is through our sanctification. But in it, he says some things that are so important about knowing what happens at baptism. Let me just give a quote real quick from uh, a guy named William Laisley. He wrote this on the commentary of Romans 6. A clear understanding of God's provision for us in Christ is essential for victory. Since faith begins with the known will of God, we were formerly identified with Adam in condemnation and death, but now we are identified with Christ in justification and life. If we identify ourselves with Adam, we will always live like sinners. But if we identify ourselves with Christ and what he has done for us, we will walk as redeemed saints. And we will be able to overcome the things that will keep us down and keep us from walking in the victory of God. That is so important for us to grab a hold of. And look at how he starts out. The first thing that he reveals is, is how significant baptism is. And he says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ. Now that is important right there. When you're baptized, you're not baptized into Living Word Chapel. You're not baptized into a denomination. You're not baptized into anyone else except for Jesus Christ. You're baptized into him. And so in that, you are in Christ. Something very significant happens in your life, and that's the only way that you will overcome the sinful nature that you were before you were with Christ. Amen? Now you're going to have a new nature. You were baptized into Christ Jesus, into his death. We were therefore buried, I circled that, with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. So when someone goes into the water, it's more than just taking a bath. It's more than just a dunk. We're going to dunk them in Jesus. Well, that's praise God. That's okay. But you're actually, when you go into the water and you've placed your faith in Christ, there is a very significant thing that happens. Because what's going, what's going on inwardly, spiritually, when you do this outwardly, an outward expression to symbolize what you're doing, God meets you right there because you, you took an act of obedience to be baptized. Remember, 
Before Jesus ever started his earthly ministry, what did he do? He went and got baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy to untie your sandals, Jesus. And he, Jesus said, do this to fulfill all righteousness. And the reason he was saying that is because Jesus came as the son of man and the son of God. He was fully man so that he could identify with us. And he was fully God so that he could be master over everything. Amen? The Messiah. And so he came to this earth and he identified with man. So when we get baptized in him, we identify with him. We identify with the Messiah. And it changes our lives completely. But you've got to, beloved, you've got to know this. You've got to know it. You, when, when we're baptizing someone, you need to be thinking, man, they're going into a new life. They're being buried with Christ. They're going to be raised with Christ. Now they have this resurrection power in their life, and they can begin to live this, this, new, uh, uh, this new nature in them. They can begin to walk it out and overcome the things that keep us down. Yes. Beloved, we don't have to be slaves to sin. And we don't have to live by the law saying, what can't I do today? What can't I do tomorrow? What can't I do the next day? We can say, you know what? We can do everything. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. So we're going to get away from these things that are going to keep us down. And we're going to walk in the power of God. And we're going to recognize his voice. And we're going to start walking in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Because we are identified with Jesus. It changes your life completely when you begin to walk in the knowledge of the Most High. The second thing which is vital about knowing is that we have to know that we've been united with Christ. How many of you have ever done any plumbing in here? How many of you ever, how many of you are thankful you have plumbing? <laughs> when you have two pipes, when you have two pipes and you have to go from here to there, there's something that you put in between a pipe. They either call it a coupler or a union. And when you put a union in these two pipes, you put them together and whatever ran through this pipe will go into the next We've been united with Christ, beloved. There's a union that's been formed. The things of Christ are channeled into our lives. And this holiness that he has has been imputed into us. And so we can draw on that for everything that we're walking in in life. We don't have to try to draw on everything else in the world. I mean, you can go to seminars. You can do all these self-help things. And you can do all that. And that's good. But it ain't like going to Jesus. It ain't like tapping into the power of the Most High God and letting his, his uh, righteousness, his goodness, his faithfulness, all these things that come through God for it to flow in our souls and change us. You'll be excited about God if you are united with Christ. You'll be excited about the things of the Most High when you are united with Christ. The Bible says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we certainly also will be united with him in a resurrection like his. That tells me that, that you know what, we're living in, in, this, in this already but not yet. Remember that? 
We're in the already. We have the glory of God, but we don't have the full glory. Uh, uh, we're, we're walking in that, but, but we understand that we're, every day we're deteriorating a little bit more. There is people that die daily, right? And death can really put a stinger in people's lives. We, we lose a lost one, and, and, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I've lost this, my husband, my wife, my father, my mother, my son, whatever. And, and it puts a real damper in you. But this gives us hope. That says, it says, you know what, we've been united with Christ. And anyone that's been united with Christ, death doesn't have the final word. And we can walk in this new life. And those that have gone before us. Can I tell you something? They're in God's presence if they knew Jesus. Man, we're united with Christ. For we know that our old self was crucified with him. We know. Look at that word. We know. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Now check that out, beloved. Let's just, let's just talk about that. We know that my old sinful self has died. And because I have been united with Christ, there is a, 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 a great part of Christ coming and flowing into me. And sin is not my master. Because Christ is my master. It's going to talk about that in the next part of the chapter. He's going to talk about slavery. We'll talk about, we are going to discuss that next week. But right now, you've been united with Christ. And sin is not your master anymore. Guess who's your master? Jesus. And Jesus is a wonderful master. He's the kind of master that not only, not only does he say I'm your master, but he says I'm also your friend. I love you so much. He loves you so much that he went to the cross for you. You're thinking, well, for, he went for all of us. No, no, no. Yes, he did. But I want you to personalize it, beloved, because he went for you. Because he loves you. And he doesn't want sin to be your master. Because when sin is your master, you live a miserable life. Sin is fun for a season. Oh, pastor, sin's not fun. Yes, it is, or else you wouldn't do it. We wouldn't have the fornicating problem if it wasn't fun, right? But there's responsibility with sex. Amen? It should be monogamous. It should be, one, it should be a, a, a lifelong process where you're committed with, to someone in, in holy matrimony. Right? But it's fun. Or else people wouldn't be, the, pornog the pornography industry would not be billions of dollars if it was not fun. But it's bondage fun. And it becomes your master. And you, 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 it becomes your slave. But when Jesus becomes your master, when you understand that you have overcome, that you're united with him, he begins to set you free. From the power of all kinds of different things. Pornography, drug addiction, uh, pride. How about pride? Pride's a biggie. Pride keeps us from being everything that, that we can be in Christ. Because when we walk with Christ, we're humble. 
We understand that he's great. He just allows for us to be great in him sometimes. Amen? So we don't have to walk in that anymore. Our body is not ruled by sin so that we don't, we don't have to be slaves of sin. The third thing that we must know is our relation to death. Okay, we've been united with Christ. We've been baptized. We understand there's a new person there, you know, in baptism. And, and uh, you know, and then you understand that you're united to him. So God doesn't just leave you and say, okay, now I want you to pick up your, your, your boots by the, by the uh, what's it called? By the bootstrap. That's an old saying. It's too old for me. <laughs> but I've heard it said before. It sounds pretty good, you know. Nowadays, you know, putting on your sneakers with both hands, I don't know. So you're united with Christ. But then the next thing is, is, is the biggie. You need to know that death is not going to have the final word. That is so big, beloved, because people are dying all around us. But death doesn't have the victory. The Bible says, for we know, again, here we, we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. That's important. That means Jesus doesn't have to die again. He doesn't have to come back. He doesn't have to. He did it once for all. What he died was final. And in that, everyone that believes and trusts in him, if your death and your, 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 your battle with death has been finalized because you, you have victory because of Christ. Okay, step number two. You have to count. By count, the Bible means something that is real or true. We can count on God because he's real and he's true. Amen? And there's another fact that we can count on. Romans teaches in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Those temptations that all of us face, and some, and some of us in here, you're facing some major temptations, and maybe some of us in here have been under the bondage of sin in those places. Now, if you know, if you know that, or if, if you know who you are in Christ, okay, that's important, but if you begin to count yourself as dead to that sin, then you'll be able to walk in the, in the freedom and in the victory and being alive in Christ to overcome those things that are trying to destroy us, beloved. I can say this from my own life, that God has progressively walked me through some things that have been bondage in my life, and it's amazing how it has been the grace of God that has walked me out of it. See, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, not the wrath of God. The wrath of God might scare the out of us. But it'll never, it'll never keep us. It's the kindness of God, and that's who Jesus teaches us who the Father is. The kindness of God leads us to repentance. It leads us to turn away from the sin that we're living in and back to the Father who loves us. And he loves us before we've done anything right. 
So we begin to count ourselves dead to the sin that wants to destroy us because we're alive and united to the Savior of mankind and we can walk in his power. Amen? I have a very good friend, and he um, was a, a drug addict. He was on meth, he was on cocaine, alcohol, and he went into a rehab. And when he went into that rehab, God began to work in his heart, and Jesus Christ saved him. And he says to anybody that will ask him, he said, rehab sobered me up. But Jesus cleaned me up. Now God will use, like Pastor Bob, as you were doing communion, you talked about how God will use uh, doctors, here, human doctors. He'll use sources. But it's God's hand that heals through whatever means he uses. So we have to count ourselves dead to those things that are trying to destroy us. Young people, you need to hear this. Because you're tempted in many ways. And especially if you're up here doing worship. The devil's going to work double time. Trying to destroy your life. Trying to, trying to, uh, trying to have you live in defeat. Because living in victory is not by coming to church every Sunday. Or, or doing music every other Sunday. That's not victory. Victory is walking a life in Christ every single day of the week. Amen. And we can do that because of Jesus. Here's how Colossians put it, puts it, and I think it's wonderful. It's, it, let's just grab a hold of this. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, okay, there's a position right there. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. In other words, start walking in the attributes of Christ. Set your mind on things above not on the things that are on the, on the earth. Okay, so as we, we live our lives, we begin to put our minds on the things that are from Christ. You with me? For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Here's, for you've died to sin, you're hidden in Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality. Impurity, passion, evil, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked. Ain't that amazing that we were there? We were a part of that life. But guess what? God rescued us from the darkness and he brought us into the light. And now we can walk as dead people, dead to sin, but alive to Christ. It just changes your life completely. But now you also put aside all, I mean, put all, put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Have you noticed that when you understand who you are in Christ, that when you say a bad word, it doesn't feel real good? Have, have you, no, anyone noticed that? I mean, you might say it, but it doesn't feel real good, right? That's because of the Holy Spirit working in each one of us. Put it aside, he said. 
Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self. Here's the old self with its evil practices. And you have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true, here's the word, knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. The way that you will walk in victory is for you to have a proper understanding of who you are in You are not in Adam anymore. You are now in Christ if you have trusted in what he's done for you. Amen. You do not have to live your life continually in guilt. You can walk in the grace of God, allowing for his power and and the spirit of God to work in you so that you can begin to overcome sin. And when you blow it, we have an advocate who's faithful to forgive us if we confess any sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and and, and to impute his righteousness into our lives. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the way you live a Christian life. Not guilty, but in victory. Last Um, Step, step number three, we offer, when we offer ourselves to God, we've taken the third step to victory over sin. Think about it. So we need to have a knowledge, right? A a true knowledge of who we are in God and who God is. We need to uh, count, right? That means it's real and it's true that we're not the people that we used to be. We can actually, we're dead to sin. And we're alive to God. So now the third thing that he teaches us, the Bible does, is that we need to offer ourselves. Verse 13 says, do not offer any part of yourselves to sin as an instrument of wickedness. But rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been, bought from, have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Now, instrument can be translated as tools or implements or weapons. Now, let's just think about it in those terms. Okay? If you are an instrument of God and you have the weaponry of God, then we can think of ourselves that, that, we, that, that God will use our bodies to become his weapons in waging spiritual warfare. Instead of us offering ourselves to do the deeds of the flesh and the deeds of the devil, we can offer ourselves to God and he will use us. He will use our mouth to prayer and intercede for people that are being uh, destroyed by the devil. Instead of us talking about how bad they are or what they're doing, we can speak words of life as instruments of God. Amen. Instead of us, instead of us uh, going into sinful places, we can walk away from those things and, and also do spiritual war- warfare. The second thing, God, we can be God's tools in building his kingdom. As the worship team comes up, they are tools of God. They're using their voices to worship God. Sal will use his hands to play the keyboard. And, and, and each person in here are being used by God as instruments of righteousness. Amen? And everywhere we go, if you go to your workplace, if you go to your, to your school, if you go to whatever place that you go, you are an instrument of God to be used by the Lord so that you can make a difference in society.
And then God will implement us in harvesting his fields. God has us as ambassadors and missionaries everywhere we go as evangelists so that we can share the love of the Most High. Amen? I mean, you can talk about ESPN for a little bit. You can talk about the car, car races. You can talk about all these things. You can talk about your education, ASU, U of A, all these things. But can I tell you something, beloved? We need to be talking about Jesus sometimes. We need to be offering the greatest hope, the greatest diploma that anyone could ever have. And the greatest diploma is to be crowned with righteousness from on high. And you get that through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can give him an applause because he's worthy of it. He is worthy of it. So we have a choice, beloved. We can reject sinful desires or we can live in them. We can yield ourselves to God or we can reject his direction for our lives. The difference will be bondage or freedom. And when we choose God, our will and our faith will be put into action. Let me close by saying this. I'm going to pray right now. There's some of you in here that you've given your heart to Jesus. In the past weeks, you've raised your hand. You've said, you know what? I want to make Jesus my Lord. If you have not been water baptized by immersion, which is very biblical, it's biblical. As an adult, I'm saying, well, I got baptized as a child. No, 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 no. You didn't get baptized as a child. Your parents took you there. Every biblical believer was baptized. Amen? I'm just going by what the Bible says. If you have not been baptized, you need to understand the significance of that. It's taking that step to say, yes, I'm dying with Christ, but I'm also going to be raised with him to new life. That's very important. So put it on your connection card. I want to be water baptized as soon as possible. Amen? All heads bowed and eyes closed right now. We will never close a service without giving someone an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you're here today and you've never said, Lord, Lord Jesus, I will follow you from this day forward, I invite you, God invites you to receive him as your Lord and your Savior so that he can change you and just unite you with him and make you into his likeness so that you can walk in the power and his attributes. Today is your day. So if you're here, just raise your hand and I'll pray a simple prayer. Thank you, Father. Yes, I see your hand in the back. I do. Anyone else? And more importantly, God saw your hand. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer. God, I am a sinner who needs your forgiveness. Today I am making the choice to give my life to Jesus Christ. I confess that he died for my sins, past, present, and future at Calvary's cross. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. Today, I am making Jesus my Lord and Savior. And I choose to follow him in the fellowship of the church. Amen and amen. God is good, isn't he? Let's give him a, 
Let's give him a big applause because he's worthy of it. Let's all stand up and do a closing song.